Hi, I'm Pastor Neil, and welcome to another episode of The Pastor's Table. You know, we're going to hit a pretty deep topic, an intense topic, but something that a lot of people have asked questions about in their life. Why? Why did that person leave church? They seem like they were just so involved in church and they're gone. Why, why, why have they gone? We're going to be talking about that today. So get your pen, get your paper, get some popcorn. It's going to be a great episode. Well, welcome back to the pastor's table for this particular episode and perhaps some of the future episodes. We'll see how this one goes today. Uh, we'll be dealing with um, a topic that is a challenging one, mm-hmm. but necessary. I mean, the pastor's table was founded on being able to answer the questions and, and how pastors deal with situations and the types of situations that come across the pastor's desk. Mm-hmm. And how do we deal with these sorts of things? And there's, there's one in particular that is challenging for all of us at this table. Yep. And we don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Now, God has blessed us and help, uh, helped us learn and grow. And so there are some things that we know. And we want to share some of those things in dealing with why people leave church. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing for members in particular. It's a difficult things difficult for um, pastors, church leaders. And, and we're not just talking about situations where, you know, I've got you know, 15,000 people in my church and it grew by 1,000 last year and then it shrank by 1,000 this year. We're not talking about that kind of thing. We're talking about in situations where there are members, there are people, we know them. Mm-hmm. They, they've been with us for a while or they were with us for a year and now they've, they've left. And, and what do we do about that? And what usually happens is that there is, there's a question. Um, often it's not spoken. Mm-hmm. Often no one talks about it. Um, and that question is, well, why did they leave? If it wasn't a public situation, mm-hmm. If it wasn't a public, you know what I mean by public, a public situation where um, they had done something that was obviously wrong and everyone knew about it, mm-hmm. right? But often that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Suddenly they're not there any longer. And why mm-hmm. did that take place? And as you know, people leave for different reasons, mm-hmm. right? We, there are scenarios where it's a public thing and everyone knows about it. And now this person's not at our, our meetings any longer. There's other times where... Um, suddenly, you know, they, they're, they're, they've left and we don't know why, but the pastors may know why. Mm-hmm. And the pastor, pastors may know and, and know that there was a situation. Um, in other situations, uh, when people have left, they simply don't give a reason. Mm-hmm. They uh-huh. just go. Mm-hmm. And these are some of the difficult things that, that uh, pastors and church members alike all deal with. Often, like I said, it's, it's not spoken, it's not said, but it's important for us to try to at least talk about that for, uh, from a certain perspective. And again, this being the pastor's table, um, I wanted to kind of open with saying, pastors, well, not all pastors. I can speak for myself and say this, we, we want to walk in love towards everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if there has been a difficult situation, we don't want to take that situation, especially if it's not a public one, mm-hmm. and just 
air that dirty laundry in mm -hmm. front of it and point and say, hey, did you see? That's ungodly. Mm -hmm. yes. yes, it is. It's ungodly to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why it's ungodly is because it puts that other person in a bad light. We're pointing out their sin mm -hmm. to others. We're taking up offense in some cases. Mm -hmm. And none of that is good. Mm -mm. None of that is good. When you're airing dirty laundry like that, you know, some I know that there have been situations. I've heard of one. I heard of one where this was years and years ago, and the story that was told had occurred years and years prior. So it's probably 30 or 40 years old, possibly now, this story. Where, and again, when you're hearing it second, third, fourth hand mm -hmm. down, you don't know how much of that is actually what's occurred. So taking that into consideration from what it was told to me, um, this friend of the friend, so on and so forth, had been stood up in the middle of the congregation on a Sunday morning and chastised in front of the congregation, hmm. called out, mm -hmm. you've been this and you've been that, and basically get out in front of everybody. Now, some people will look at that and say, well, there's scripture for that. Mm -hmm. And there is. And there is. But I can tell you this, it was not done in love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That damaged that person for like a long time afterwards, it crippled that person. Mm -hmm. That wasn't love doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, did everyone know what was going on? If they didn't beforehand, they certainly did after. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you think that person, were they magnified in the eyes of people or were they diminished in the eyes of people? Mm -hmm. And they certainly were not magnified. They were certainly diminished. How many of those believers in that assembly at that time went home and prayed for that man? Mm -hmm. Probably not many. Mm -hmm. Probably not many. How many of them turned and just shook their heads and, went, and judged him and left it at that? Yeah. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of wrongs. Mm -hmm. And I understand that there are, there are cases where People have difficulty trusting because things have gone on behind closed doors mm -hmm. and the scandal has come about and someone has done something and now there's scandal and people feel betrayed and people feel like they can't trust. They feel like they've been hurt by those that should be leading me and now they've done something wrong and now there's scandal and now and we understand that those things do occur. Mm -hmm. But there is, there is a place that if we're walking in love, towards those, even those we disagree with or those that have done wrong and maybe done wrong to you. There's a place of covering that sin and not exposing that person to public shame and judgment. I think that one of the balancing forces in all of that is what happens within the church is different than what goes on in the world. And once, if you if you do that sort of thing, then it's very public to the world and gives an opportunity to the world to be judging when they shouldn't be. And I understand there are some instances and in the difference between scandal and then there's, of course, gossip and then there's other business. There are some things that people just don't need to know about others. Mm -hmm. I found that as a pastor, there's times when people, everybody's got a story 
but sometimes I don't need to know the details. And can we be comfortable and trust God to know what we need to know mm -hmm. and to leave behind the things that we don't Amen. need to know? This is, I understand one of the reasons why people don't trust leaders. Well, you didn't tell us the whole story. Well, I love everybody involved in the story. And if they're going to have an opportunity to go on somewhere else, if they've got a nasty story or they were done wrong or everybody knows the next time they go to somewhere else, because we do hope that they carry on. They may not be with your congregation. They may have disconnected, but they may. we want them to carry on, to get up at some point. And we don't want to make that bridge too hard to cross either. Mm -hmm. And we, we understand that we're not talking about dire situations where someone's life has been putting in danger and things like that. That's not the situation. That's, that's a whole nother scenario. But we're talking about people who just leave. And, and like you said, some of them, they don't tell us. One of the things that's not recognized is that when someone does leave and they don't tell you, or they left and they did tell you, that they they think that the pastors are just, because we get up, we pray. And what they see is, well, you don't look like you were affected by that. Or didn't you care about them? You don't look like you cared. Sure. And that's, that's a hard part for people. We care. Mm -hmm. But we don't deny that it hurt. But we as pastors go to God. We get mm -hmm. his healing. And then we rise healed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to look <clears throat> like we're impaired. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're going to look like we're repaired mm -hmm. <laughs> and healed. And God doesn't heal with a bandage no. that everybody can see or a scar. That's not the way God heals. That's, right. that's the world's idea of healing. So he doesn't leave, oh, look, there, there's where you were hurt. Look at this scar. No, it's wholeness. Yeah. There's no scar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So while you may think, well, they didn't really care about that person. They're gone. They don't seem to care. Oh, we cared. Mm -hmm. God healed us. Amen. Amen. The other aspect of that is that uh, God gave everybody choice. Mm -hmm. yeah. And who, who are we as pastors to come against the choice that somebody in our congregation has made. Mm -hmm. You know, when they come to us and they say, you know, I'm leaving or whatever they say, um, we have to respect that choice. Yeah. And we can still love them. And God, like Pastor Graham was just saying, God will deal with that hurt or that, that, uh, that pain in it or whatever emotions we're feeling in that situation. But if, like what Pastor Jason was talking about, love covers a multi multitude of sins. So if we're walking in love, we're going to allow them to make that choice. It, it's very easy to become offended. Oh, yes. Because, yes. you <laughs> yes, know, it's it like, is. this is our church. Mm. Yeah. You're leaving me. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> right? And that can be difficult because, I mean, as the body of Christ, especially, you know, a congregation that's close-knit, mm -hmm. right? And then one part leaves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's that sense of loss. Absolutely. I'm missing something. And mm -hmm. why did you leave? I thought everything was okay, and now you're going. And mm -hmm. there's all those questions that come to mind. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to downplay that because that, that takes place. Yes. At the same time, the love of God reaches out beyond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's at, 
just think about him at the what we call the Last Supper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the table was one who betrayed him to the cross, mm -hmm. betrayed him to death. Yeah. And you know, he says, the one that I dip this bread in the cup and give it to, that's the one who will betray me. And you know the significance of the, the bread? This is my body, this is my blood given for you, the one that betrayed him. Oh, I've never seen that And before. he gave it to the one who was there. Did you know that Jesus washed Judas's feet? Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you the extent of my love for, for you. I've waited for this night, Jesus said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've been anticipating this. Mm -hmm. And at the table showed them the full extent of his love by putting on the servant's garments mm -hmm. and washing their feet. Absolutely. And Judas had his feet washed by Jesus. So, I understand it can hurt to be betrayed or if the feelings of being betrayed or left or, yes, those feelings are there, but we have the love of Jesus Christ in us so that even when someone in the body does something we don't understand that has hurt us, we can respond with love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can respond with mm -hmm. that same love and not focus on the fact that we've been hurt, but think about the one who has left. Mm -hmm. You know, if we believe that they were supposed to be a part of our body and they left, there is a possibility that they left out of God's will. Mm -hmm. So then, who should we really be concerned about? Ourselves or the one who left and is now outside of God's will mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or not in the perfect place for him? God can restore, He can help, He can bless. And I don't mean to say that in a way that we use that, well, that's out of the will of God, now they're out, and now we criticize and judge. The, that's wrong, yeah. That's just as wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But a place of saying, it's possible that they're outside of the will of the Lord now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I care about them and not just my own feelings, mm -hmm. then I can pray for them. Mm -hmm. God, help them. Mm -hmm. Lead them back. It mm -hmm. might not be back to our church. That's right. But lead them back into your will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in a place where I wandered off and was outside of the will of God. It's a terrible place. Please don't ever go there. Yep. Amen. <laughs> you don't want to be outside of the will of the Lord. Mm -hmm. But he didn't bring me back to the same church, but he brought me back to a church mm -hmm. to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he might not bring that person back to your church. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not about your church. Mm -hmm. It's about the body of Christ. The body of Christ is bigger than our congregation. That's mm -hmm. right. Right? Mm -hmm. And he wants that person a part of the body. So pray for them mm -hmm. that God will help them find their place again. Yes. Yeah. That he can continue to, because being out of the will of God is a terrible thing. It's mm -hmm. awful. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you're having a hard time thinking about, okay, what can I be praying for them? Well, God has helped us there. <laughs> Even just you go to Ephesians 1 verses what it starts at around 15 and goes up to about 18 or 19. There's a wonderful prayer there that that basically says, Lord, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you for so and so that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened to the hope of your calling for them and, mm -hmm. and the richness of the glory of your inheritance mm -hmm. that's been placed on the inside of them, the power that you placed on the inside of them according to the power arose Jesus from the dead. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's prayers. There's prayers in every one of the Gospels, in Ephesians, Colossians, the one in Philippians as well. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's one in Philippians as well. They're all along the same lines of what I just quoted from Ephesians 1. There's mm -hmm. actually two in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. Mm -hmm. That's right. When uh, Jesus meets with the disciples and says, you're going to have to drink my drink the blood and, and accept you. Drink <laughs> accept. And there's a place where people have not yet received the work of the blood of Jesus. They talk about it, they sing about it, but they've not received it, except you drink. And of course, the disciples had a problem with it. And then they're like, and from this point on, a lot of them left. Mm -hmm. And he turned to the disciples and says, will you leave me also? There, Yes, there's a choice, but there is a place where, now this isn't everyone's situation, but it's many. They reach a place, God's been speaking, he's been drawing them. You've got close to Jesus. The disciples were close to Jesus. And there comes this place of personal sacrifice mm -hmm. that people encounter, that they know there's things in their life they can no longer participate in. Mm -hmm. And they're faced with that choice huh. and they walk away. Mm. I think as pastor, that's the one that's most difficult for yeah. me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they even articulate it to me. I know God's called me to, I cannot. And there haven't been many, but there's been a couple. And that's hard. And you watch them turn. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And so those people around them, you think, well, okay, can you? And you have to be able, when someone's making that choice, now they don't always stay in it. But when someone's coming to that place, I cannot do what God's asked me to do. I can't, I can't participate. And of course, they thought that Jesus was asking them to participate in, in actual drinking of his blood. And that was, I'm sure that there were some that kind of um, just didn't quite get it correctly. Mm -hmm. But there is a place of sacrifice with God that, that you do die to self. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a very real thing. And sometimes they come to that place and they make that choice later. Mm-hmm. But it's our job to love them and pray for them. Mm -hmm. We want to pray for them and to continue in that. If you've judged them, <laughs> it's very difficult if you begin to pass judgment or if you've laid down a, this is what we've done and this is, you know, and so-and-so is a nasty person and, well, they tried to follow God and they did not. And imagine if we'd done that. Mm. How how could they come back? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We So we, we don't want to participate. And let's face it, we as individuals must all come to a place where we face those things and face those challenges for ourselves. And when we admit that dying to self is, is really dying to self, it, it's not a game. Mm -mm. Yeah. And it is a difficult choice. And yes, please take time with it. But while we're taking time with those decisions, let's love one another. Mm. Yeah, amen. <laughs> There's There are plenty of things that go on, as we've been discussing, and one of those things is sometimes as a shepherd over a flock, um, the, and again, the Bible talks about this very plainly, sometimes people come in and they, maybe not at the outset, but and sometimes it is at the outset, mm -hmm. you can perceive that if things don't change, they will become a harm, a hurt, damaging mm -hmm. to the flock. Mm -hmm. And a good shepherd does not allow that to occur and to, to continue. Again, you know, it's not that we're afraid of the devil and what the devil can do. It's not about being protectionist and, oh, i got to guard mine and keep mine. It has nothing to do with that. 
It has to do with, I perceive that if this person continues in this behavior or this line of thinking or these sorts of actions, the Bible says that um, the yeast will infect the whole part of the dough, just the one little lump like that. Mm -hmm. if, it's, if it's bad, it will infect everything. You know, a bad character corrupts good morals. Like mm -hmm. uh, these things can spread and hurt and harm other people. And particularly as pastors, sometimes we can perceive that that has the potential of happening. Yes. Or is even beginning to happen. And at that time, there's a judgment call that needs to be made. What do I do about it? Do I give this person more opportunity to change and let the Lord continue to work? Or have they stopped moving forward with the Lord and have now become a threat to the rest of the people in the congregation? Mm -hmm. These are very real situations that, that pastors can deal with. And sometimes there's a temptation to just, oh, the Lord will handle it. Well, He, he gave us stewardship of His people. Mm -hmm. So that responsibility is on us. Now, he's not letting us do it on our own. He's here to help us. He's the, the shepherd and we're the under shepherds, mm -hmm. under him. Mm -hmm. But to, to not act is just as much not walking in love towards the others mm -hmm. as you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. We can believe and stand together and just hear his voice and trust it. It will make the right decisions. And, and if we haven't, God will help us there too. And so will he help you. Amen. God bless you.